Hi, I'm Taylor. Mike is here. Hello. Two friends and a question. Two things I've got on my mind. Actually, Mike came up with them. I'm not going to take the credit. (laughs) (laughs) You can take the credit because you inspired me. Why is money such a burden? What does happiness mean to you? Because I told Mike, I feel like when I have money, I'm happy. I don't (laughs) worry. And that's okay if you feel the same way, because, I mean, a lot of us feel that way. Mike, be honest. Do you feel that way? Depends on how you define happiness. Okay, let me ask Let's you Let's start with that one. What does happiness mean to you? Lack of worry. And lack of worry, your family's well. Yeah. But you're spending a lot of money. Right. So do you worry? <laughs> I do. Not to label men, but I do think men worry more than women. Not always. Worry in general or worry about money? Worry about money. Okay, good. Then I agree with you. And we're going to get somebody that says that's not true. But I know. I'm just saying in my circumstances in my life, it seems like men worry more than women about I agree. money. And I think it's biblical. I really do. Because the man is the provider in the Bible? Well, and I think our punishment for Eden was by the sweat of your brow, yes, you're in your food. Yes. So happiness means to you lack of worry. You know, I don't know what happiness means to me. That's a hard one. Let me ask you this and see if it helps. Is there a difference between happiness and joy? Yes. All right. Can you lay it out? Joy is, for me, and I've just realized what joy is, no matter what I'm going through, I can be still and feel God. And I I know he's got me, and I know that my joy is in the Lord. My joy is celebrating God is God despite my circumstances. Mm-hmm. God is good despite what I'm going through. Yep. That's where my joy is. So I do have joy. Do I have happiness? Well, let's ask this. Which one's more important? For me, joy. Okay. What which, about you? Same. Which one lasts longer? Joy. Which one seems more divinely gifted? Joy. Same. You agree? On all those points. Are you happy? No, but I'm not unhappy. What would make you happy? Freedom from worry. Freedom from worry, Not yeah. just about money, but all the mental struggles we talk about. I'm going to go THP. Okay. Struggle with money all my life. Mom and dad passed away, left us a little bit of money. Right. You know what I realized? The old saying is right. Money doesn't buy happiness. It just increases the price of your problems. I remember my friend, Erin, that's very wealthy. She told me, she said, I don't care if you make $100 a month. Or you make a million dollars a month. You're never going to have enough money Mm -hmm. because it's all based on what you have and what you spend. Yep. So for me, I think, okay, so we're being totally honest. Mike has an amazing wife. Your kids are just outstanding. That's all, Beth, but go ahead. (laughs) You have a house that is a home. Like, I walk into your house. It is the most homey place. It's a home. You have just everything on the outside to me. And now you don't have to worry about money, but you do because now you have even more. Right. I saw a poster one time. The poster said, prosperity is to be much more feared than poverty. Because the Bible says it's easier for a poor man to enter Mm -hmm. the gates of heaven than a rich man. And that's what you're worried about? No, no, no. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah. Thanks for giving me something else to worry about, Taylor. 
<laughs> at the this. end of this podcast. We'll go on. We'll see you in the third one. Um, no, not that so much as I was given something. You feel the responsibility. Yes. Well, I can just assure everyone that Mike is so hard on himself and he helps so many people that it, you couldn't even write a book on all the people that this man helps. And the way that he uses what he's been gifted to spread the gospel, trust me, he's being way hard on himself. Okay, the Bible talks about you, you can't enter the gates of heaven from your good deeds, right? right? Right. Am I wrong on that? No, you're well, not so. I mean, God's salvation is what counts. Right. Right. What would make you happy? What to you, I know it says free of worry, but would that be worry about money, free of worry about money, or free of worry about what, Mike? Like what? Can't name it. Right. And is that where we go back to nothing worldly is satisfying you? Yes. Yes. I remember working in the garden with my dad when I was little. He was a real gardener. I mean, he could grow moss on a bowling ball. And I'd go out with him in the evening when I was a little kid, and I would just putter around and watch him do his thing, water the plants. And I remember saying to him, this is a perfect garden. And he said, well, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And I started thinking about that. See, Dad was good at dropping these gems, and I started thinking about that. And I started thinking, maybe nothing's ever perfect this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the word comes in. What what can be improved on? What should be done better? What should be done differently? How can I do this? What else should I be doing for God? And I think that's where the angst comes in, or maybe I'm just a natural warrior. But happiness would be... And there are some days you can identify some days mm-hmm. when the worry isn't as nearly as prevalent, and those are happy days. But some days when you can't name the worry, but it's there, and those aren't happy days. Last night I had an anxiety attack. Did you? Oh my gosh, it was awful. It's one of the worst I've had. Really? Yes. And I didn't text you before because I thought you would think, well, we don't need to do this podcast. I probably would have. So, yes, it was awful. Awful. And I was sitting there going to myself, what am I, what do I have anxiety about? What am I worried about? On the outside, Mike, people right now are going, what babies? This girl has such an amazing job. It's fun. She has a home. She has children. Wonderful children, by the way. No one's sick right right now. Right. With life-threatening issues. She has a car. She has food. What, What is she worried about? Right. And, and the same thing with you. Yep. In the eyes of the world, we're richer than 90% of... Right. And maybe that's what we're worried about. You know, there's an old saying, there's nothing wrong with you that a good crisis wouldn't fix. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe... Yes. Maybe we have first world problems only. Tell me what a happy day looks like to you. Happy day is getting out of bed, feeling the energy, feeling God's arms and his purpose for that day, clear mm-hmm. and cut, going after it. Doing what I'm supposed to do that day. Feeling that he's ordained that day and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing that day. Okay, so that's spiritually. What about worldly? Uh, I think you hit it before. Nobody's sick. Roof over our heads. Food in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. Car that starts. The job that's waiting. How about for you? What's an interiorly happy day? And I think you've already answered the exterior happy day. Just mentally feeling secure. Yeah. Like I keep going back to stability. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in every a lot of areas of my life, the rug is always pulled out from underneath me. And I, I Art Garza, who is um, was the general manager at Star, but now he's the, the president of our com- company, said to me, "Taylor, you've lived in survival mode your whole life. I don't think you know how to live. Mm. I think wow. you just exist in survival mode. 
Wow. So I really have tried to, since I've lived in Cincinnati, live, like mm-hmm. live my life. Mm-hmm. So happiness to me would be, <laughs> you're going to laugh, ready? Happiness to me would be having a clean home. Yeah. Like it's clean. It's right. spotless. I don't have stuff everywhere. Right. Making sure I have money in my bank account. Isn't that awful that I'm putting money in there? Nope. It feels awful. It feels awful. It feels like there's people that don't even have a job. My kids aren't sick. Mm-hmm. We have a schedule. We know what's going to happen the very next day. Mm-hmm. We're going to wake up. We're going to go to work. We're going to go to school. We're going to come home. We're going to go to bed. Repeat. Mm-hmm. That's never how my life is. Ever. So in the morning, the schedule is there, but it doesn't survive the day. Right, because it used to be when Drew was with me, someone would wake me up in the middle of the night, sick, (laughs) or someone would come home from school or, you know, and I will say, and I'm so thankful to this, that the sick days with my children are less and less and less. And I'm so, so, so thankful. Yeah, happiness to me. Now, my dream of happiness would be to... Find someone to share my life with. Mm. That's like the dream of happiness. Not only my life, but also that my kids would like. Yeah. And they would like my kids. It's so hard to mesh people's lives together. Right. Well, you're such an incredible mom that that would have to be high on your list of somebody, somebody who likes your kids oh, and yeah. vice versa. Absolutely. And I can tell from the first meeting if my kids like you or you like my kids. Yeah. you got a mother's instinct. Which, I mean, I haven't introduced my kids to really anyone except Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And they loved him, but that's a whole nother podcast. It is. Why is money so burdensome? I think it's ever since the fall. Since we messed up, I think we have equated money with power. And if we have a certain amount of money, we think we could write our own script. And I think that we just have to look around the headlines and see how that works. So Mike printed out something that is really, really good. First Timothy 6.10. The love of money is the root of all evil. So on YouTube, Mike, there's these people that will build tiny houses up in the mountains somewhere. And they have solar panels for electricity. They have a dog up there. They, they're not working. They're just, you know, they, they save their money and they're just living life. They don't even have to worry about a time, the clock, nothing. I was watching one of those last night when I had my anxiety attack. And this girl, 46 years old, I think, saved money for five years, quit her job, and is living in the mountains in Utah with her dog in a tiny house. And, I mean, no neighbors for miles. And it was snowing, and she was recording it. I'll send it to you. It's beautiful. I'd love to see it. And it was so peaceful listening to her talk about how she is out there trying to just get closer to God and to feel that closeness that the rush of life and the love of money took away from her ability to have that experience. Sounds like my kind of place. Yeah. I'll I'll text that to you. Please do. Tell me any other thing about money that you want to talk about, because I think this is one that we can all relate to. And do you pray? Do you pray to God? Do you say, God, um, Bring more money in my life. God, bring more jobs in my life. I mean, when is enough enough? Right, because we never seem to have the right amount of money. It's either too much or too little. Right. Always. So when is it enough? When we get rid of the love part. Mm. 
I think it's interesting that word is in there. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And I think that's an important distinction because I still say since the fall, we have warped our loves, and one of them, powerful one of them, is love, is money, love of money. You know, it's funny you brought up the house, and, and when we first moved in, we prayed that it would be a place of comfort and welcome for anybody who needed it. Mm. And... I guess maybe he's answered that prayer because you feel that way. In my- oh, yeah. It feels very homey. Your house feels like a home and is a safe place to be vulnerable. That's good. Yeah. That was the goal, actually. And maybe that's to Beth's credit. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm just messing with no, you, Mike. No, trust me, it is. <laughs> what do you, let me ask you a question. What do you think about this? I read one time. It said, here's a piece of advice if you truly want to start down the road of being free from the love of money. Yeah periodically throw some away, literally. Oh, I couldn't do it. If I go into Target, I start feeling sick to my stomach because I start seeing all this stuff that I want, not need, mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. Feel that feeling? Yes. Here's another thing. When I go into Kroger, but I live a life of very much like watching every penny. Could you? Not in the trash can, but I've thrown it on the street. Because I know somewhere it'll get picked Seriously, up by Mike? somebody. Yeah, not much. That's the coolest thing. Well, you're just walking down the street and you just drop it out of your pocket on yeah, purpose. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. I'll tell you that. THP, I really had a problem with money in terms of, of obsession about it, love yeah, of it. And right. I thought the only way to break it is to help me realize it's a piece of paper. Wow. That is some good stuff. It, were, it helped. Wouldn't you love to see the reaction of the person that found that? Yeah. You know what? I came close to throwing it away, though. What? Our dog ate a $20 bill, and I came this close to pumping its stomach. <laughs> but I thought pumping the stomach would be $21, so I might as well not do it. <laughs> Mike, am I allowed to tell the story about church? Yes, ma'am. Are you sure? Yes, because I need to learn a lesson from that story, so I need to hear it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is pretty good. Mike and I meet at his church, and we have prayer time, which we haven't been able to do in a while, but... And it's just the coolest thing ever. I I really do love that time. And I always thank Beth, his wife, for letting him do that with me. But Michael and I, and I will sit and we will be very vulnerable sharing our hearts with Jesus. And so we'll light candles. And I would go and light candles all the time for Jimmy. You know that. Yep. For my ex-husband, my kids. Different things, and and Mike was so good about lighting the candles with me, and we'd stand and pray. So I brought ten dollars, and I guess one candle's like a dollar. Then the bigger candles are three dollars. So I put I put. I decided I don't want you to tell it. No, I'm just kidding. I put ten dollars in there, and I was lighting all these candles. Well, I had only lit like seven dollars worth of candles. So we were about to leave the church, and Mike said, wait, wait, you forgot. You've got, you've got some extra money in there to light more candles. I said, Mike, it's okay. Like, it's $3. It's fine. No, we're going to go light three more candles. So he was, like, making sure I got my $10 worth of prayer time and candle lighting in. Genuine and so concerned that I didn't get my full money's worth of lighting a candle. That was great. Well, in my holier days, I think, well, there were three more people to pray for. We should light them. But on my unholy days, I'm thinking, no, we get our money's worth. 
<laughs> that was great. That was such a great moment. I think I laughed the whole way home from church that night. So I love the whole idea of dropping money for somebody to pick up. Were you worried that nobody would find it? Yeah. And I also came this close to going back and picking it up. But I thought, you know what? If I'm ever going to start down the road of unloving money, I got to let it go. I like that. So when you give, because I know what a giving person you are, this is going to be some hard stuff, and I want you to be honest. THP, right? Yep. Okay. Total honesty policy. Scripture says you can't outgive God. And to give is to usher in the greatness of God, to usher in the presence of God. When you give, do you ever like go, God, why are you having me give this much? God, why are you having me do this? Like, I don't want to do this. A lot. How do you deal with that? I just pretend like I haven't given it, won't give it. And then I think the next moment I'm thinking, that's not trusting in him, not doing his will. And that money that I would have given that I'm now keeping, it's not going to go for good because I've already dirtied it by not mm. giving. So, so I just give. The think, money that I would have given that I didn't, I dirtied it by not wanting to give it. Yeah, and so now whatever wow. it goes to won't be good. That's some good stuff. But I'm telling you, it's difficult. And that's the selfishness in me. I mean, THP, I'm still a selfish person, big time. I don't think you are, Mike. I think sometimes Mike doesn't want to appear that he's – Holy or good? Look, he's getting mad at me. He's rolling his eyes. <laughs> I'm looking for my brain. But I think that's true, Mike. I think there's a you wrestle with that. And he doesn't ever want to. You don't want me to mention it. You don't want to take credit for it, Mike. But it takes a giving heart to make it happen. So that, to me, is that you have a good heart. You asked about happiness. When I look on my family, I feel happy. When it's a good day, I feel happy. And when I've given, there's a moment of probably joy. That comes after the, what the heck am I doing this for? Right. Once that's gone and it's given, there's a joy there. Oh. And I think that sometimes we underestimate God's willingness to give us joy if we cooperate. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like. Mm -hmm. And this is a theme I think will come back in a lot of our questions. But since the fall, we have, we have dirtied that giving tendency. We have, we have put roadblocks in front of that giving tendency that we were created with, and we convince ourselves not to sometimes. Because God wants us to love one another. Mm-hmm. He wants us to go out in the world and spread the gospel. He right. wants us to be a vessel of yes. love. Yes, a conduit. I like that yeah. term because it comes right through. It's like You're a pipe. right. And flowing water. Like that's yeah. what he wants us to be, that flowing water of Christ. Right. And giving is a, is a great way to do that. Yeah. One of my most profound moments that I've ever had on the radio was Mike and Beth were here answering phones at the radio station. And someone said to me, Taylor asked for a big gift. Mm -hmm. And so I had said a very big number. I mean, a number that most people could not give. Mm -hmm. And I said it out of sort of just kind of to amuse myself. Right. And within like five minutes, that gift, someone had given that gift. And I remember sitting here going, oh, my gosh, like, God, that what? Wait, what? When you give to the radio station that I work for, you are allowing moments in people's hardest times and their best times to hear God through the music and the messages. 
And that's what Mike and Beth have made sure that people can hear that through your giving. So, Mike, I just want to say thank you. No, and I'm, he's embarrassed now. I'm going to stop. Okay, I'm going to stop. You should see his face. He's I know him. He's getting a little bit. Thanks for thanks for saying that, though. You, you're welcome. You don't have to thank me. I want to sum this up real quick. So tell me this. Number one, why is money such a burden? Because you said, and happiness still means to you free of worry. Yeah, those are my two best answers to those questions. I think the burden part is because we don't trust him to provide. I think the burden part is because we take things in our own hands. Mm-hmm. And I think we start to love the money rather than him. And I think that's why it becomes a burden because we, I mean, this, we equate it with power. Yeah. We say, if I got money, you got to do what I want. Right. And the happiness piece, I think is probably, it's not that I don't have a good life. I mean, Beth has. Oh, I know. We know. Blessed all that. But it's me with my angst saying that nothing's ever good enough. I'm not good enough. And I think that's where the. Not happiness comes from. It's not because there isn't something to be happy about. It's because I won't let it happen. God created us, and that's why in the Bible, over 365 times, he says, do not be afraid. He knew. Yep. He knew we would. And he knew that would be a, a chief enemy. 365 times. that number ring a bell with anything else? Yeah, right. Of one a day, huh? Yeah. Hang on to that. Yes. So we ask you, why is money such a burden? And what does happiness mean to you? Two friends and a question. Email us. I'm Taylor. I'm Mike. Two friends and a question. Hey, Taylor. Next time we're going to ask, do you have trouble forgiving people? Uh, Do we have to do this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.